and I had my time to do the work I needed to do. And then when I'd be with my kids, I was with my kids. And that's one of the best pieces of advice that I got was it's not about the time quantity, it's about the quality. Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we're dedicated to helping product-based business owners turn into revenue-generating, successful, happy product bosses. I'm Jacqueline Snyder. And I'm Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Together through digital courses, coaching, and masterminds, we've helped over 50,000 students from startup to multi-million dollar businesses scale their sales while blending in their dream life. It gets lonely out there in the product business world. We fully believe a business shouldn't be built alone. There's room at the top for all of us. So let's get scrappy and creative together, Product Boss, to be profitable, make more sales, and grow your visibility. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hey, friend. You know what makes business and connecting with customers really hard these days? When teams aren't connected or talking to each other. When they don't know what's going on everywhere at all times, that can feel really hard. Am I right? It's so true. Everyone on team should be in the know about everything that's going on. If not, it tends to lead to customers feeling disconnected as well, because not everyone is on the same page, which makes everything feel like a mess and overwhelming. That's why it's so important to make sure your team is connected, talking to each other. When everyone knows what's going on, things run much smoother and nothing is being missed, lost in translation, or falling through the cracks. When everyone's on the same page, it makes connecting with customers so much easier. This is exactly why so many businesses use HubSpot CRM. It allows everyone on your team to have access to the same information so nothing is being lost in translation or slipping through your fingertips. They also have a universal inbox for and also tools like ticketing, live chat. This is so your team members can pick up where another one left off without missing a beat or even a single thing. So get started for free today at HubSpot.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to my first episode of Just Jack. So if you are a 90s kid like me and you watched um, Will and Grace, fantastic show of its time, there was this part where Sean Hayes would be like, Just Jack. And that is my call to that, right? Um, just Jack, but with a Q. So if you didn't know that, that's what it is. You can call it a jack episode, whatever you want to call it. But Mina and I are going to be hosting some um, solo episodes and really kind of diving in, and we're really excited about it. So today's episode is going to be a Q&A, Ask Us Anything. So if you are on our mailing list, on our email list. If you're on, follow us on Instagram at the Product Boss. If you are a multi-stream machine student, we have been asking you to ask us questions so that we can help answer them, right? And so today, and this is something that's very similar to how I coach in masterminds. If you work one-on-one with me in coaching, if it's a VIP day, um, when you work with me, because I am an expert coach in product-based businesses. Um, since 2007, I have coached and consulted and helped people like you from concept, from just having an idea to figuring out what is the idea? What are we going to name it? What do we need to do next? How do we develop this product? How do we get it up and ready to sell? How do we market it, right? This is this is my journey in this life. This is my impact. And so coaching is something I love to do. And um, I'm going to, I'm going to answer 
I think a couple questions on this episode to show you what it's like to kind of get, not show you, one, to offer some answers to questions, and this might be relevant for you. And also, if you choose to work with me sometime in the future, whether you join um, my Circle Mastermind, whether you decide that you're going to take me up on, sometimes I offer VIP days or virtual strategic intensives, and sometimes I take some one-on-one clients, I want you to also see and experience what it could look like having a coach in your pocket, on your pocket, on your side. That would be the better way of saying this. I am not a Pokemon. Okay. All right, my friends. So we got some fun questions that came in. One of the questions is, I launched my website in April and what's the best way to get into the luxury market? I make luxury candles and I really want to start selling wholesale to museum gift shops. Any tips on how to approach buyers at museum gift shops or better yet, find their information so we can contact them directly via email or phone call. All right. Well, we definitely go through some of these tips and tricks inside of Multi-Stream Machine. So I will say that there is some stuff here that is in Multi-Stream Machine that is like a very specific, like how to find customers. But I want to take this question. I want to shift it. And if I was coaching this person in person right now on, on a call, this is Caroline. If I was coaching Caroline, I would first say, what do you mean by luxury? So when we're talking about luxury candles, what are we talking about when it comes to luxury? Because I will tell you, I just discovered this like a month or so ago. I have this one candle I've been burning and burning and burning, and it's almost out. And I went to look it up, and I was like, how do I get this candle again? I looked it up, and it was like a $350 candle. Beautiful jar for $350. And it was given to me as a gift, which is crazy, right? Kind of bonkers. That is luxury. That is a candle I will not be replacing. (laughs) Then it was recently my birthday and my sister-in-law, actually both sister-in-laws gave me these candles. So the second sister-in-law bought me a diptyque candle. And those I think are like $80 candles, which also would be considered luxury. But there's two different luxuries there, right? There's a $350 candle that might be sold at somewhere like a Saks Fifth Avenue or an even Marcus. And then we have the $80 diptyque candle that might be sold at a Bloomingdale's or Nordstrom's and potentially a Neiman Marcus and and that, but knowing that that would actually be on the lower end of their candles. So when you've got a question like this, I would tell you to first look at and say, what is truly luxury? I want you to really look across the market, across the space. I once had someone tell me that they sold luxury soap and it was an $8 bar of soap. That's not luxury. That might feel like a luxury based on where you are in the world, based on your experience. But there are people that spend $120 on a bar of soap. Same thing, there's a cookie company. I think think it's called The Last Crumb, I think. I will look that up as I'm live saying this. I don't get as much uh, downtime when, yeah, Last Crumb. Okay, my friends, Last Crumb. Cookies born in L.A., Okay, you can buy, how many cookies do we get here? 12 cookies, 12 handmade cookies. You can get 12 handmade cookies. And do you want to know how much those 12 handmade cookies are out of LA that sell out all the time? $140. Or you can get their summer collection for $160 for 12 cookies. And they're selling fast and they sell out. And people will buy it just because of the price. So I'm saying all this because what I want you to do is when you're asking questions like this or when you're considering it for your business, I want you to really look and say, well, what is luxury? 
And am I really selling luxury? Then the second part about this about museums and gift shops, which I've also helped clients sell like one-on-one to gift shops, is are gift shops truly luxury? So again, thinking about your price point, thinking about why a gift shop would want your candles, like specifically, right? Sometimes it has to relate to something that has to do with the museum, a feature they have, if they've got a section that features like stuff that's local, like why your stuff in a museum. Then the second thing is, is like knowing that museum gift shops have a wide range of things, but are people buying $360 candles? I'm not sure. Right. So that's when I would tell you to really kind of think about what, what kind of gift shop are we talking about? What kind of museum are we talking about? What's the potential customer that goes there? And why would they buy your candle specifically there and at what price point? And is that where they are, right? So these are all the questions I'd ask yourself as you're considering this question. And I hope that that helps. Hey friends, it's podcast recommendation time. This month, we've been loving the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast hosted by marketing expert, John Jantz. He is such a genius when it comes to marketing. If you haven't listened to his podcast yet, he shares many insightful marketing tips, strategies, and resources for small business owners and marketers like you. It'll help keep your business growing. I like that he does it in a way that's both easy to understand and entertaining. He recently did an episode about AI tools, which we are obsessed, and you can use it as sort of research assistance to enhance what you're already doing, coming up with ideas and creating powerful marketing strategies, which we all know we could use more ease in our lives, right? It's a really interesting episode. He definitely knows how to open your mind up to new ways of doing things involving marketing and business strategies. Definitely give it a listen. Listen to Duct Tape Marketing wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, hey, Product Boss. Okay, it's your product biz coach here, Jacqueline, and I have a treat for you. So the other day, we got a message on Instagram from our friend Lolly. Now, she's a product boss, and she was on the hunt for an easy-to-use inventory management software to keep track of her raw goods and what she had ready to sell. And guess what? We had an answer for her. Not only did we have a fantastic inventory management software to refer her to, but we also had a whole treasure chest of 308 other business tools and resources to make her product-based business easier to manage and, and more efficient to grow. And... We have it for you as well. Now picture this, packaging and printing supplies, affiliate management, website and email software, legal resources, video and photo tools. Oh my, you name it, we've got it. And here's the cherry on top. It is totally free, right? It's not gonna cost you a single penny. That's right, because you can get your hands on the Product Boss's ultimate resource guide absolutely free. We are on a mission to change small businesses' lives and and their ability to grow around the world. And whatever we can do to help you do that, we are here for it. And so we're hoping that this resource guide is one step closer to reaching your dreams. So all you need to do is slide into our DMs on Instagram with the word guide and just send us that message and we will send you a link to download it right away. Or you can head straight to theproductboss.com slash resource guide. Easy peasy. Oh, and did I mention you can also DM us guide on Instagram and voila, we'll shoot you that link right away. 
So my friend, don't wait another second. You can get your hands on the ultimate resource guide for product bosses right now. Now let's jump back into the show. All right. The next ask us anything question that I would love to answer is from Misty. And Misty said, how the heck did you manage to effectively build successful businesses when you were in the trenches of motherhood? Mom brain is so real and so hard to navigate. What were your most effective systems and hacks during this period of life? Well, one of my most effective uh, (laughs) symptoms, hacks was crying. (laughs) I cried a lot. I felt really guilty. There was a lot. So while it sounds like we've built these successful businesses, which we have, and we are successful as mothers, it didn't always feel like that or look like that. And even if people reflected back to, I'll just speak from my own experience. My husband's like, you're doing great. You're a great mother. And then I'd have all the reasons why I wasn't a great mother. I work too much. I work too late. Even right now, it's almost five o'clock and it's one of the days of summer for my kids and I'm working and I'm like, "Mm, it's supposed to be a day off, but I still have work to do. And I can feel really crappy about that. But what I will tell you is that you need to give yourself grace. I know people say that, but you need to give yourself grace. You need to ask for help or get help or pay for the help that you can afford, which is something our original mentor, uh, Natalie Ekdahl said, is like pay for whatever help you can get. And when I did have my second kid, I did pay for Willa to go to daycare. It was really hard. I started her off way earlier than I ever started off my son um, because I didn't have the luxury. I didn't have family around. I didn't have, I needed to work. I had two businesses. Like I didn't, I needed her to be somewhere else while my husband worked as well. And honestly, she flourished and she thrived and she loved it. And I had my time to do the work I needed to do. And then when I'd be with my kids, I was with my kids. And that's one of the best pieces of advice that I got was it's not about the time quantity, it's about the quality. And time quantity also has to be like, how are you taking care of yourself? How are you nourishing yourself? How are you caring for yourself to be the best possible version of a parent? And why are you not asking for help, right? Why are you not uh, sharing responsibilities with your partner at home? Why does it all end up on you? Just because we're women and mothers, and I know that we're excellent at raising our kids, doesn't mean that we have to also do all the things required that maybe our moms did or that was modeled to us in the past. So I think that for effective systems was blocking my days and my time, was knowing I took my kids to, when when they were ready, that I took my kids to preschool at a certain time. And then I knew I had to pick them up and those are my work hours and I got it done what I needed to get done. And I would work late at night too. I think it took me a long time to prioritize sleep because it is easier when people are, when kids are sleeping to work at night. I think it was going easy on myself. And one of the biggest things I did was I got myself, I got a mindset coach. I got a a life coach because no amount of therapy was going to make me believe I was a better mom. And then what she ended up helping me do, and this is something that you might, if you listen to Brooke Castillo's podcast, or if you listen to Dr. Sasha Hines, but it's like having a neutral thought. So not saying I'm a good mom and not saying I'm a bad mom, but just saying I am a mom. And so a lot of times when we like compare ourselves or say, look, my mom did it like this, or I'm a bad mom because I'm working all the time, or I could be a good mom. It's just, the, the the thing that my brain could believe is I'm a mom. I'm a mom. I'm a mom that works and I'm a mom that wants to be with my kids, but I am a mom. 
and whatever and however I fill it in in between. And there will be regrets and there will be things that I don't regret and there'll be things I wish I did differently. And there'll be things that I was like, I did the best I can. And I think that's that's what you can leave yourself with is you did the best you can. Your kids are going to know the quality versus the quantity and how you show up when you're with them. Are you rested? Are you nourished? Are you taken care of? Are you doing the best you can? And if you can't say yes to that, then even before you show up for your kids, figure out how you can show up for yourself. Okay? Drink more water, get some sleep, have someone come over so you can go to yoga or take a walk or go sit at a coffee shop, but resource help wherever you can get it. All right. And then I'm going to take one more of my Ask Us Anything questions. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at The Product Boss, or you can follow me at The Jacqueline Snyder. Um, and every so often, we will ask you for prompts so that you can, um, you know, you can ask us questions and we might be able to a- answer them over here. All right. This is a question from Stephanie. And it's you ladies have managed multiple businesses at once. Could you give us some advice, best practices, et cetera, for successfully running two different product businesses at one time? In my case, one is Shopify Etsy and the other is wholesale through fair. So Stephanie, I guess my question to you would be is, are they two different businesses or is it one business just being sold in different ways, like multiple streams of revenue and marketing? One of the wackiest times for me was when I was running Designer Consulting Co-op, which is my consulting company. I had Cuffs Couture, which was like my successful wrist wallet business I started. I had Lily Mark, which was a reclaimed, I used 50% dead stock of materials and 50% new, and I made really pretty dresses. And I was selling that to a boutique. I was selling Cuffs Couture wholesale, globally, doing in-person markets and direct to consumer. And then I had my consulting business, which was client-based and running around with like my hair on fire. missing dinners, staying at the office and just trying to keep everything afloat. And I remember my brother at the time, he had, he was helping me out with a project and he was like, you know, <laughs> you know, you could get a job somewhere else and make more money than you're making right now. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, like literally what you're bringing home for the amount of work you're doing and the money you're bringing in, you can get a job. And in my head at that point, cause I was a little obsessed with paper source. I thought to myself, I could go work at paper source and pay and work there, you know, eight hours a day, do crafty, creative things, interact with humans. And I could get paid the same amount as I am running around with my hair on fire with all these taxes to pay and teams and trying to sell and all the things. And it was just like awakening for myself where it was like, what am I even doing here? Am I working for the sake of working? Am I coming up with ideas for the sake of coming up with ideas? Do I have a lot of ideas, but I can't bring everything to fruition? And that's what I'll say to you here. And those of you that have been with us for a long time at The Product Boss, you've seen us iterate. You've seen us come up with new things and then close those down. And you've seen the things that have stuck around the whole time. And I think checking in with yourself is really important. I think checking in with your values, your needs, your wants, your desires is really important. And then I think another thing to ask yourself is why do you have multiple businesses? Because sometimes if we're trying to manage all of them, if we're trying to put into all of them, then actually none of them are succeeding. When you're distracted, if you were able to put your full force into the one you truly believe in and you were able to grow it, imagine what that would be versus splitting your time, your thoughts, your energies between the two. So I think what I'll say is that 
I was able to do designer consulting co-op and Cuffs Couture ultimately, but I had a team. So I got to stay at the top level, at strategy, at design, at consulting, but I had the team that was running around and doing all of the things. And then if I had to meet with my sales reps, if I had to be at a trade show, if I had to meet one-on-one with a client, I was doing that high-level success, like the high-level stuff that I should be doing in the seat that I should be sitting in in my business. But if I had to do all of it, run around and make you know product for clients and then run around and make product for my company and then try and sell it all and try and take client meetings, something would fail, something would fall. And I think the same thing kind of happened with the product boss. So we have our other businesses. Mina has little labels. I have designer consulting co-op still, which I am transitioning. So that is for any of you that decide that you want to work one-on-one with me. Um, I am starting to offer some one-on-one. I'm offering masterminds. It's like solo, some VIP days. Like I really want to interact with you all and, and coach and I can't take everyone, but I'm definitely like working with several of you right now. And so the thing is, though, is that I had my consulting business and the product boss was one day a week. The product boss grew bigger than we could have ever imagined. And then my consulting business turned into one day a week and the product boss was eight days a week. And then now as we've built this team and the product boss is where it is, and then this is idea now of like, all right, are there little things I want to do on the side to fulfill my soul, my destiny, my, what's going to fill me up. The product boss is number one priority, our community, our students, and all the things. But a sub of that in some of the time is that I can take on some clients to work one-on-one with. One of the things that is that we've always done, but I'm doing on my own is the mastermind. And the idea here though, is that we still have a team. So if you don't have a big team, if you're still doing it all yourself, I need you to think, where do I need to focus to grow something to the point that it can hire people that can start to run it and um, help you manage the businesses? And for you, my friend with Shopify, Etsy, and Fair, if it's one product, different income or revenue streams, that's fine. That's exactly what we teach a multi-stream machine. But if you're making one product and you're selling it wholesale through Fair and you're making other products and you're selling it direct to consumer... Which is the product you would like to focus on and grow and hit your first 100K or hit a million dollars? You can grow a business, a million dollar business. If you want that in your life, you can grow a million dollar business by niching down and focusing like we teach without having to do all the things and think that's the way to your million dollars. Okay. Um, I hope that this helped. I love answering these questions. Again, make sure to follow me at the Jacqueline Snyder on Instagram and connect with me, follow me, say hi, let me know you heard the episode. It's fun. It's fun, the exploration that Mina and I are going through and also how we're going to continue to show up and support all of you. All right. Thanks so much, friends. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss Podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Reviews help other product entrepreneurs know that this is the place to be to grow their businesses and realize that they're not alone. And we know that you all know that a five-star and honest review helps you sell more products to more people. So you know that your reviews help us reach more listeners around the world. Remember, what we give is what we receive. And we are all about helping each other in the Product Boss community. We are all in this together. 
We would be so appreciative of you if you could take the time right now to subscribe, leave a review, and even share this episode on social or someone you know so we can impact more lives. And remember, subscribing means that you will get notified each time we release a new episode so you never miss a thing. You have helped us grow and climb into the top 10 of all marketing podcasts and together we can keep climbing. Thank you, friends. And remember, there is room at the top for all of us. Thank you.